Shalom Aleichem, dear friends. We're continuing with the Haggadah Shal Pesach. We're up to Manishtana Halayla Azeh, Mikol Aleilos. The Gom points out what kind of a question is this? Manishtana Halayla Hazeh. Why does it say Zeh? It should say Halayla Hazos. Lila is a feminine language. For example, if we want to make it plural, so the language would be Lailos. So that is, it's not, it's not a, a absolutely um, cold hard rule, uh, but that's a rule of thumb. That we can have that one 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 conjugates it and comes out leilos, so that tells you that that's that that's feminine. Indeed, this question is already discussed by the Rishonim. The Ibn Ezra discusses the question. He's bothered that sometimes you see in Psukim that uh, that, that is treated as masculine, and sometimes it's treated as feminine. That's a strange phenomenon, but the the pashtas is the the gon tells us that so so much so right here. But and uh, even as Namzan initially that way that, that it's a loshon nekeva. So why should why does it say halayla hazel over here not halayla hazos? The to first understand the difference whether Lila should be a language of masculine or feminine, is one has to understand that in, in the, the Loshana Kodesh, masculine and feminine attributions is not simply, um, I don't know, uh, it's, not, it's not arbitrary, it's not uh, based on the sound of the word or something, it, it has to do with the conceptual meaning, what is the essence of this thing that I'm talking about? Is it essentially a masculine Feature is essentially a feminine feature. What is a masculine feature? What's a feminine feature? A masculine feature is one that goes out and conquers new territory and and uh, you know puts the flag uh, down over there. Um, the female character characteristic is the one to internalize, to digest, to make real, to transform, and uh, it will just be Marama's. That to the Gemara in in Talmud Daflamid base with Alexander uh, Alexander of Macedon, who went and conquered the whole world. Now wasn't enough; he had to cross the mountains of darkness. And then women taught him a lesson: Well, you have to leave home. You don't have bread at home. It means that the the Amkus over there is that Alexander was the ultimate zacher. He was the ultimate male of someone who. Is conquering, conquering, but he was so much so that it was for, just for the sake of conquest. And the females, it was specifically the women that he wrote, the women of this city taught me a lesson. It means he, it was a women's lesson that, that he was taught. The concept of of uh, digestion, of absorption. He conquered a huge empire. He never managed to benefit from it. He died before he could benefit from it. He didn't have any of that um, female greatness to be able to settle down to 
really take hold of that conquered territory to make something out of it, something real. So between the day and the night, the daytime is a time that we conquer, that we accomplish, that we get, etc. And the nighttime is when we rest and we grow and we expand and, and things develop from that activity which took place during the day. Is that way with plants, plants absorb the energy by day. Chazal teaches that at nighttime is when they grow from this energy. People, they rest, uh, grow at nighttime. That's, it's a time to digest all these uh, new hasagas, new concepts intellectually. We g- gather lots of information at nighttime. It's kind of um, settled to rest. The mind's refreshed. And, and, and the types of th- the thoughts that we're having are stored deeper away in the hard drive, in the, in the deeper storage of our minds, which is a certain form of intellectual digestion of what, we, of what we've been learning throughout the day. So that's the relationship between the day and the night. The night is a female uh, time, is a time to absorb, to reflect. So, um, but sometimes it's referred to as Leil, like Leil Shimurim. And, and, and in some other places. So, if we look, look in the Pardis Rimonim, um, hey, uh, Shar, Hey, um, O's base. So he explains over there that the that just like in the Pesach and Bereshis, that Zacher v'Nekeva Baraam Hashem created them male and female v'Yikra es Shmam Adam, and He called their names man. It means when the man and the woman combine and become one. The whole thing is called a zacher. The whole thing is called a shame of the zacher. When, when, when it's unified. So it means that the female only has the female name when she's separate from the zacher. So over here, uh, we, have, we have a fascinating situation. The, the Gom points out that the question is, This night is so different from all the other nights. What's going on over here? We have mitzvahs on this night. Why should we be having mitzvahs on this night? There's never, in Kol Torakula, there's never such a situation as mitzvahs that are designated for the night. You have, usually mitzvahs are only for the day, uh, and not for the night. Sometimes what you have is you have a spillover. You have a mitzvah that's for the day, but it could also be done at night. Or it could be, you know, either it could be wrapped up by night, like we, you know, the Haktaras, uh, Padarim and Evorim, that if the sacrifices of the mincha were not finished, so so but they already started, so you could you could finish it up at night, or certain mitzvahs you could also do by nighttime, because since you started doing it by daytime, so you can continue, and uh, sorry, not, but since there is a mitzvah of the day, so it's mitzvah not only days, it's also on the night, but to have it that the mitzvahs are unique to the night, the mitzvah of Karm Pesach. Uh, the mitzvah of matzah, maror, of the bincha, all these mitzvahs are specifically for the night. They cannot be done in the morning. They cannot be done during the day. Why is this night different from all the other nights? All the other nights are feminine nights. They're nights that we do the mitzvahs, we do the, the actual action during the day. 
And then during the night is when we absorb, we reflect, we grow from it, etc. But this night is a masculine night. It's a Laila Hazet. It's a masculine night because we're doing all these mitzvahs. What's going on? Why is there a change up like this? And um, like we said, the, the answer the, the answer is that when the when there's an absolute unification of the zacher and the keva, then the then the whole thing is becomes a zacher. Means to say that the the whole concept of a hefsek bein aparshes that Moshe Rabbeinu would learn, he would learn, and then then he needed a revach bein aparshes. He needed a little break to absorb the information, and he would learn more, and then he would need another break to absorb the information. That's how we work as well. All of that is in a world where where there is a, a resistance from the from the perspective of the physical to the perspective of the spiritual, meaning that. The physical can only absorb so much spiritual at once. There's a, there's, there's a, it takes time to digest, to bring it in. What, oh yeah, this new information that I brought in, or this new, these new concepts that I brought in. Okay, now it's going to take me a little bit of time to absorb it and to get used to it. Mashiach came in a situation where there, there is no, there is no time for absorbing. It just goes boom. It's, it's a rocket. It's an explosion. The, the, the. Physical is completely um, malleable in the hands of the spiritual. It, it, it absorbs it instantaneously. Like, for example, with the resurrection of the dead, is going to be that the neshama is going to come into the body. And unlike today, where the neshama comes in little by little during the day, and then as the child sleeps at night, the body grows as a result of that. And then again, the next day, a little bit more neshama is poiled on the on the goof, and it comes in a little bit more. And at night, the goof grows a little bit more. It's like an analogy of inflating uh, a balloon. The, the first time you inflate it, the rubber it resists the air coming in, so you can only do it little by little. Otherwise, the whole thing's going to burst, it's going to pop. But once you've already inflated it, and if you need to deflate it, and then you're going to inflate it again. You can inflate it very quickly because the rubber has already gotten used to it. So with the Tchiyas Amesim, the physicality is going to be so completely uh, bottled and completely conformist to the spirituality that's coming in that there's not going to be any resistance. So perhaps that's, that's what's happening over here, that on, on Leila Seder we see where the physicality completely gives way to spirituality. It does whatever Moshe Rabbeinu says. This maka, that maka, splitting the water, whatever it is that spirituality says, that's what's happening. It's a complete takeover of the of the of the, of the zacher. Everything becomes nothing but zacher. Even the laila hazeh is a zacher. So that means so the 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 child notices. The wise child notices what's going on over here. This is not how this world works. Why are we doing mitzvahs by night? And the the story, the whole entire Maggit, towards the very end, that answers that question. That is an unbelievable vision that the Gon provides from us for us. Next, Avodim Hainu Lefaro B'Mitzrayim. We uh, the Gemara says Posim Begnus. We 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 introduce the, the whole topic with a certain lowliness. We we are in a low place. 
And the obvious question is why? Why do we need to open up with a with a with a low with a low thing? Let's just start the story from the happy part. Uh, so, uh, on a simple level, it means like we all understand. Listen, if you don't understand the difficulty of the predicament, you won't be able to appreciate properly the the salvation that happened. If I just tell you. You know, uh, I I got a I got a hundred thousand dollars, so that'll be okay. Good for you. I'm very happy. But if you say no, 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 you don't understand. I was I was you know neck deep in debt. It was terrible. I didn't know what was going on. What was going to happen? And then I got a hundred thousand dollars. You say, wow, that's much bigger. That's a much bigger. That's a much bigger thing that happened to you. So that's very good. But on a on a deeper level, it is much more than that. Is what what Hashem did for us. With Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, so if a person just says, um, you know, I got $100,000, come back to our analogy, okay, that, let me tell you, listen, you don't understand, I was lacking $100,000, that's what I needed, the, 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 for, to, you know, to close this business deal, or whatever it may be, that's how much, and I got exactly, then it, it shows something much greater, a person, anything could happen, a person could get a dollars, lose $50,000, you could get a million dollars, all sorts of things could happen. But when a, when a person is in a situation where they need a particular issue, where they need a particular thing to happen, and specifically that's exactly the thing that happens to them, then that shows that there's a plan. If a good thing, okay, so maybe you got lucky. Sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen. But when, when a person is in a difficult situation and exactly the thing that they need happens to them, to save them, and to put them into a great situation, then it's undeniable that this is the hand of Hashem. If uh, if if I've got just the right kalim, if I just get, have exactly the right receptacles, I need this, you know, the, this shape, you know, those children's toys where you have an opening for a star versus an opening for a triangle or a square, and the child pushes that square through the square, that's exciting because that's it. You you managed to match it. Only a child that wouldn't happen by random, right? It wouldn't happen randomly. It's the child matched it. So too over here, when I have a clique keyboard, I need I need I need I need this particular thing and I get that particular thing, then we know that there's a manhik, there's a bore, there's someone running the show and he's taking care of me. So when you hear the story of of, of Purim and we talk about uh, the the story of the Sees Mitzrayim and we talk about the Gnus, and then we talk about that from that Gnus we were saved. Oh, well, you were in such a difficult situation, you were saved. That means someone came to your rescue. A- anyone could have a good thing happen to them. Maybe it's random. But if you're about to fall off the edge of a cliff and someone runs up and, sa- and saves you, that's not a, that, that means that that was intentional. That was, that was Yeshua. You were saved. And finally, on the highest level, on the deepest level that we... We can say the third, the third level from that will be that the understanding that the Jewish people are very lofty people. We're very spiritual people, very high people. And a very lofty, very high thing, as long as it's not in this perfected state, so it's in a broken state. Um, unlike something that's kind of ordinary, ordinary things can can take a little bit of a, of breakage and still be all right. The the analogy that we can that we can use for this is the difference between a hammer 
and a laptop, right? So if I have a hammer, which the is supposed to have, um, you know, half a pound of metal and, uh, and a wooden stick that's 12 inches long, right? So if instead of half a pound of metal, I have, um, I, I think, chips off and, and, and 10% of it breaks away, it falls off. So what? I can still use the hammer. It's a little bit not as great. It's, it's a little bit not balanced so nicely. It may not be totally even, but you can still use the hammer. If uh, half of the stick cracks and breaks open, breaks away. Okay, so instead of having a nice 12-inch lever, I have a 6-inch lever, but I can still use it for a lot of things, right? So a broken hammer is still quite functional. My shanky and a broken laptop, if you're missing one little tiny wire, missing one little tiny chip, missing one little connection, the whole thing's not working. The whole thing is useless. So it means the higher you go, the less the less uh, room there is for error, right? Everyone understands that on a space mission, uh, everything has to work, right? If things start breaking, you're in big trouble, right? If you're on your bicycle, so, uh, okay, so one of the brakes not working, the other one's going to work, uh, the... the the, you can't change gears, no problem. I'll just you know, do it. Uh, I keep on going on this gear, right? So it's much, the, the the higher you go, the much more sensitive it is. So Klausel, being that we're so great spiritually, we're so great. So until we reach that level of greatness, so we were on we were, we were unfinished. We were we were, we were in a stage of a, a laptop that still has that one last chip to put in, still has that one last wire to connect. So the whole thing is broken. The whole thing is not is not functional. That's, that's the beginning of being a vodim to to the mitzvim. The mitzvim are are the most physical people in the world, and we are a vodim to them. And important for Jews to remember, great people. But if uh, we we have to we have to strive for that perfection. Otherwise, otherwise we're. Uh, Broken in very, very deep fundamental ways, the worse, worse than the mitzvah. We should take this time to reflect on ourselves in preparation for Pesach. Try to reflect on the greatness that we carry inside of ourselves and the importance of bringing that out. Mikoch lepoil.